0: Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, Professor. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Can we, I suppose, try to explain this recent phenomenon, these cold snaps around the world, as well as these uh, very extreme weather conditions um, uh, to our audience, I suppose, in a way that uh, most of us, like myself, can understand?
1: Um, Yes, okay, I'll try and do my best. Um, Usually what happens in an El Nino event is that the uh, reversal of the ocean currents in the Pacific. So we see the warm ocean water that you normally have around uh, Southeast Asia flowing towards South America, um, and that changes the whole ocean circulation in the Pacific, which in turn then influences the circulation of warm and cold air in the atmosphere over the Pacific. Now, because the Pacific Ocean is so huge, that really changes the weather patterns in many parts of the world. So, quite often in El Nino years, we see fire conditions in Southeast Asia and wetter weather in South America. Historically, interestingly, El Nino events have brought warmer conditions in Southeast Asia. And so, this time, um, I think scientists were a bit surprised to see this very cold map in Southeast Asia. Um, I think the connection is likely through um, the Arctic wind patterns, um, the jet stream, in other words. The jet stream is a band of uh, high altitude winds that surrounds the Arctic, and the jet stream can be disturbed by an new event. So I think what is happening now is that because the jet stream um, is uh, going a bit wobbly, there is Arctic air being pushed southwards, and that leads to the cold weather you're experiencing now.
0: Now, for the most part, and this is the vast majority of reputed scientists, uh, the consensus is definitively that climate change is a reality, climate change is man-made, but you still hear various voices, um, amazingly even some politicians, uh, prominently uh, conservative politicians in the United States who look at this cold weather that we're experiencing saying, hey, this proves that uh, the the globe is not getting warmer can you debunk some of those uh, counter arguments I suppose from the climate change deniers who say that uh, these cold winter conditions uh, do not necessarily mean that we are uh, facing a very severe climate change crisis
1: yeah well sure I mean you only have to bear in mind what the change um, between climate conditions is as opposed to the change in extreme weather weather is something instantaneous that only occurs in this moment whereas climate is the long-term average weather so what we see is a change in uh, global climate patterns in the longer term and 2015 was the hottest year on record ever and um, so there is no doubt that the world overall is warming at the same time of course we also see an increase in the variability or in the extremes of weather conditions um, locally on the planet and at certain points in time So. Extreme cold snaps are, perhaps paradoxically, one of the consequences of global warming. And what we see is we see these very cold cold temperatures in some parts of the planet. We have very mild conditions here this winter in the U.K., and um, this is partly caused by the disturbance to the atmospheric circulation um, because the winds are changed, and therefore the patterns of warm air and cold air that are being moved around the planet are changed as a consequence of global warming. So just the fact that we are having cold feet now doesn't mean climate warming is not happening. Mm -hmm. All it means is that we are experiencing an extreme weather event. But um, those extreme weather events, even the cold snaps, are consistent with climate models of global warming conditions.
0: Now, these snapshots, uh, these cold weather events, these extreme uh, conditions that occur, uh, are they cyclical? Is this sort of a one-time, one-off type of situation? And we'll go through periods of years of relatively uh, more stable weather, or do we expect the situation to worsen in the future years? Well, what we expect in
1: future years currently is based on what climate models tell us. And the climate models are consistent in the way that they suggest that we are going to see more extreme events, both in terms of their frequency and, and in terms of their severity. So I think we need to brace ourselves for more events like we currently experience, you no know, more cold periods, um, more unexpected heatwaves and droughts and floods. Um, all these things are being predicted by, by climate models in the warmer world with higher greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere. So I think... Um, what used to be a 1-in-100-year a extreme event is now becoming more like a 1-in-50-year, 1-in-20-year event. And unfortunately, this is going to continue most likely unless we take action to try and slow down global warming and limit the amount of global temperature increase on average.
0: And speaking of that action, uh, most sane observers would like to see a comprehensive agreement made between the stakeholders, all the major countries in the world. We've had failures previously uh, with this. Uh, the Kyoto Protocol did not work. Uh, Copenhagen was not a success. Uh, the recent Paris Accord, now some people are more optimistic, 190 countries agreeing to this. Are you also hopeful that some meaningful progress will be made in terms of the global efforts against climate change?
1: Yes, um, I think Copenhagen was a big setback globally for mankind, and Paris was a breakthrough in that, that sense. To achieve an agreement at global level of, with its ambition, I think, is great. Um, I am cautiously hopeful, but um, we have to see what the implementation of the Paris Agreement will look like. It's um, right you know, it tries to stay below 2 degrees average global warming, um, and it tries to get as many nations as possible um, to take but Steps in their energy policies and in their economies uh, to try and limit climate change. I think the time will tell when the politicians are strong enough to implement this climate agreement. I am um, very hopeful, but um, national policies uh, sometimes go against the spirit, right. if you like. In the UK, for example, the government has just cut subsidies for renewable energies like solar energy, and there is a strong drive right towards fracking hydraulic fracturing of, um, of gas deposits, and um, this goes in the wrong direction. So I think we have to move away from fossil fuels of any kind and um, really invest in renewable energy that don't damage the planet as much. Do you but believe- I'm hopeful we can achieve something, because, you know, inaction is not an option. We have to do something.
0: Right, and that inaction is really what has brought us to this situation. Uh, uh, Some observers even saying that uh, perhaps uh, we are at this tipping point where um, it may be a little too late. Uh, We're going to have to leave it there, Professor, but we do appreciate your analysis and your insights. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you. I was director
0: for the Center for Landscape and Climate Research at the University of Leicester, Professor Heiko Balster. We've got Seoul City News up next.